Hello everybody and welcome back to the Jesus Magnet podcast. I'm your host Joel Hillary with our co-host Joel Thompson and our special guest today Arjun. Arjun, how are you doing today? Yeah, good, thanks. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and how you came to be on this podcast with us. Sweet as. Um, my name is Arjun Pardon and I'm from Christchurch, originally from New Z- uh, Nepal. I uh, grew up there and yeah, came to New Zealand when I was 12 years old. And yeah, so I know from during the week before we came to Queenstown, we just really felt prompt to go to Queenstown for some reason. And then Joel um, just invited us to come and I was like, oh, this is the reason why we're here pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Was, uh, yeah, Arjun came uh, into my life, uh, I feel like it was a couple of years ago now, three, maybe three yeah, years three, ago. three and a half years ago. And he, um, I had just finished my discipleship training school at Youth with a Mission in Queenstown. And um, Arjun had, I think, started going to Youth with a Mission, the worship, worship nights, yep. while I was on my outreach. And... Um, Ended up meeting Arjun through a couple of mutual friends, and he seemed like a great guy. And I've been dying to hear his testimony because I've heard a couple of people mention it a few times, and I think it would be a great one to share. I'm a first time listener for his testimony, mm-hmm. yeah, so me as well. Yeah, so. and yeah, Joel Thompson. How how do you know Arjun? Uh, yeah, well, I actually so I I went uh, I moved to New Zealand right at the beginning of your DTS. And so I started volunteering with YWAM full time. Yeah, like right before. And so I had heard I had heard so much about you, I think, before you came because you were hanging out with Nathan and rock climbing and stuff like that. And they're like, I think this guy's going to do a DTS. And I'm like, oh, sweet. And then you were drumming also for the for yeah. the worship nights. And you were pretty loud drummer, pretty, but very talented. And um, anyway, so yeah, then we started just living together. And I was in your house. And you were doing the DTS, and I was just yes, I doing bass stuff. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, welcome. It's been a little bit f- for me, too, actually, because I haven't seen you since probably, uh, you know, maybe you stopped by last year, but I don't think I've seen you since probably the end of your DBS. Yeah, I've been gone out of Queenstown for nearly two years now. A lot's happened. Yeah, a lot has happened. Yeah. Well, Life has changed <laughs> a I- lot. You've also taken on uh, one of our best mates is your good mates in Christchurch as well, Tim and Amber. Yeah, Shout out Tim to them. and Amber. Shout out to you guys <laughs> if you're listening. I hope you will. Yeah, well, they, they told me they would, the five other people. <laughs> <laughs> we got to retain our five at least. Yeah. yeah. Can't have them dropping off. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Can't do that. Yeah. So good. Cool. But yeah, man. So just tell us about like, yeah, where you come from. Yep. Well, I guess before I share my testimony, I'll probably like to pray. Um, and yeah, just this is God's story. Like this morning, we were just praying and asking the Lord, like what He wants to share is just that He's still on the throne and He wants all the glory because He's, yeah, He's just so good. So before I even speak, I guess I want to glorify Him just through short prayer. So, Father, we welcome you, and we want to glorify you through our lives and testimonies. Um, 
yeah, that you're the center of it all. And Holy Spirit, I just welcome you to just take over this podcast. Um, everyone who's listening as well, Father, would you touch their hearts of what what you have done and who you are as well, Jesus. Um, so yeah, we just want to give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's go back to Nepal. As I said before, I'm from Nepal. Um, was born in a refugee camp. Um, my parents are from Bhutan, which is very close to Nepal as well. And if you don't know where Nepal is, it's close to India, surrounded by China. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much very small. And Bhutan is even smaller. It's close to Nepal as well. So yeah, my parents had to leave Bhutan to um, come to Nepal because yeah, they were just going through a lot, um, and the king, the king didn't really enjoy <laughs> their tradition of marriage or of just the way they lived, and so that they got kicked out of there to go into refugee. Pretty much, they didn't have anywhere to go, so pretty much out, outcast um, by their own people, and like a lot of people went there to work as well. Um, but yeah, like they just got kicked out a couple of years ago. I don't know what years, like statistically. Um, but yeah, they got kicked out, so we had to flee. They had to walk all the way to, um, Nepal, which is pretty far away. And yeah, settle in, um, refugee camp. So my mom was married when she was very young, so... She was probably married around fifteen or sixteen year old, wow. and had a had a boy, whose name was Mani. That's my oldest brother. And when they came to Nepal, they had another child. His name is Daniel. Um, and then yeah, they were they were living in refugee camp, and yeah, like life happens, I guess, and. Mom had to run away from her husband because, yeah, like, I guess I could share the detail, but I think I'll keep it to that of, like, just things happen was very, on like, not good relationship, mm. wasn't treating her right pretty much. And then, yeah, she had to leave. And she only had a choice to leave with one child, the youngest one. So my brother brothers were splitted, um, and yeah, she ran away to my mum, mum's uh, mum, um, my grandma, and yeah, like she she just hung with her for a long time, and pretty much like my mum ran away with my dad because he tried to um, buy her because. Pretty much, like you have to bring an ox or um, buffalo if you want to marry someone in Nepali culture. Wow! Um, to buy your is that the engagement ring? Yeah, pretty much like engagement ring. <laughs> like to buy to tell her, like I will look after your daughter well. Wow. So, but they did that, and my grandma said no. <coughs> like 
I don't want you to go. It's not good for you. So pretty much she, she did it anyway. She ran away with the child with him, which was my dad. Um, so she remarried again to my dad, and that was not a good, not a good relationship at all. Very toxic in every way, and yeah. Then I had another. I would have had another bigger brother, but he passed away. He was pretty young, I think, and not really many people know about that as well. So he passed away. Then I was born. Like growing up in um, refugee camp for me as a toddler was like pretty crazy. And I guess later on my sister was born as well with um, foot. Like her foot was like club foot. And like, yeah, it was just, it was just crazy. Um, and pretty much... That happened, and then my mom started getting sick from then on because it was just crazy. Everything was just going on, and because um, my dad left as well, um, and pretty much it was just like loneliness was just hitting us a lot. Um, so yeah, like that's a little bit about Nepal, of how our lives was and. Pretty much my side was, I was the crazy kid who didn't always obey mom or my dad. But like whenever dad would come, all he would do is just like beat us up and drink alcohol and drugs. Still today as well, unfortunately. He's not here with us in New Zealand, but still back in Nepal, marrying a lot of women, which is like really heartbreaking even to talk about it. Um, but yeah, so pretty much he abandoned us when we were pretty young. So I don't I don't really have a great relationship with my father or have any contact at the moment. But yeah, but we have a, I guess I have a greater father who's in heaven. Mm, um, amen, yeah. So that's that's been the biggest testimony, I guess, to transition to like... My testimony is that God is so good. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, grew up there. Then pretty much I was rebel from the beginning on. Didn't really want to do anything mom tell me to do and steal, steal a lot of things. Steal my mom's money as well to go out with my friends to um, enjoy, you know like buy food and just chill out, run away from school um, and go sell newspaper on the bus um, and just always had a heart to adventure, you know. Always wanted to travel a lot, um, even when I was very young. Um, so, yeah, like that was my life pretty much. There was um, a moment where where I really thought about life and I just thought it was just meaningless. Mm. Like, why am I even alive <laughs> in, in, like, in this world, you know, um, as a young fella? Um, so pretty much that was, like, 
the refugee camp. Had nothing. The house was pretty dusty. Everything was dust. Um, had to do everything. Go get water from hour away or 25 minutes away. And go get wood from the bush. Super young as well. And and yeah, like just just really had to do everything by ourselves, even though the UNICEF was like looking after us. Um, like they would give us like rice and oil and other things, but most of the like buying food or like buying meat, that was like very special for us. Yeah. Like even having a chicken <laughs> was wow. like treasure. You know, like here we can just go to a supermarket right now and go buy it and you can eat it. Yeah. Mm. And, but as I grew up, like I didn't have that yeah. um, privilege to do that. Yeah. So it was, yeah, very, very special. Mm. Like when we did have it. So, so it was a pretty poor life. Um, but at the same time, looking back into it, I'm like, man, I'm just grateful that I did grow up in that. Mm. And and I'm grateful that God was just like there, even though it took me a while to realize that he was, he chose me f- before I was even born. Mm. So like he, he pointed out to me that, yeah, like I've always been there, even though like I completely blocked all my childhood memories a couple of years ago. He just reopened it. Anyway, that's just a little detail. Um, anyway, so as we grow up um, with my brother and sister, um, it was really cool that my um, that my brother Daniel would actually look after us. So he pretty much became a father in Nepali culture. Like you, if if you're the eldest one, you have to look after your youngest one. Even your parents as well. Like that's just the culture and that's just what we did um, to honor our parents um, was the biggest thing and doing everything they tell us to do. Mm. So so for him, like he took that role and yeah, like I wanted to be like him. So from my perspective, I'm like, well, he's, he's the best father that I can see now. You know, like every little child desires to see um, how your fa- earthly father works. Mm. So I guess like he he was my idol um, as well. Love like what he did and look after us. And yeah, all of those things that father's supposed to do on earth. Um, learning learning to go for a bike ride, even though we didn't have a bike ride. You know, just just every little things like he taught me how mm. to do. Yeah. Um, and to like, but for him, like he didn't even have a father. He had to mm. just live, you know, like we had a mother, but who was sick mm. all didn't the time. Didn't have a father figure. No, no father figure at all. So it was... Yeah, for me, it was just like, all right, I'm just going to look up to you and see what happens. Mm. And then, yeah, pretty much I did whatever he did. 
he was always providing for the family. I was not. I was always going do some work for other people and make some money and then I'll just spend it myself. Mm. I wouldn't really care about the family much. Um, so I was pretty rebellious in coming like towards my culture. Yeah, I was like the crazy one. <laughs> Thinking about it now, I didn't really care about it all. Mm. So pretty much like, yeah, like I would, then like before we came to New Zealand, like I would start doing jobs. So th- I just felt like they were going to leave me because <laughs> I was pretty rebellious. So I started like showing them that I I am a good person. So mm. I started like going to the bush and getting wood for the family and getting mm. water for the family and started working and giving them, yeah, just yep. food. Just um, taking on that responsibility. Yeah, taking on that responsibility that my brother took um, just so that I know that I belong in their family. Yeah. Even though I did belong, but just made me feel like I had to work for it to mm. belong. Mm. So it was just really cool um, that I was working in there, but it was like completely, I wasn't supposed to. Mm. I was a child. I was... I didn't get to be a child, so I had to grow up real quick. Mm. So my whole family had to grow up really quick to do all these chores, to provide for your family, to provide for yourself, mm. to live um, just day to day. Like not worrying about tomorrow, but just worrying about today. So that was that's just how we grew up. And yeah, pretty much. So in 2007, that's when UNICEF started taking people out of um, Nepal because there's just so much war going on between Nepali people and Bhutanese people. Mm. So we call ourselves Bhutanese people because we're from Bhutan. And like there's just like so many tension going on and Bhutanese people wanted to go back to um, Bhutan they did like protesting and everything and one of one of the guy from my school was protesting as well and I think like he got shot by the um police cuz they were just protesting to go back to their own land wow um so they had to flee <laughs> from there and yeah it was it was really sad like for us it was just like dang like you try to go to your own land, but you're not accepted by yeah. the king, you know. So pretty much that happened, and then the UNICEF just like had enough, pretty much of like, okay, we'll take you to some places, like everybody, and pretty much we were one of the family that came to New Zealand before we even came to New Zealand. Like I. My mom didn't know anything about it. She just wanted what what was best for us, so she pretty much pleaded to the people there of um like telling us to telling them pretty much just saying like, Well, take my kids and myself and I just want them to have good education and good lives and yeah, pretty much 
that she just kept telling them the same thing over and over again and all the problem that she went through and so and even my sister as well like having the club foot made us go to New Zealand and it was safe country to go apparently i didn't know anything about it and um that happened so so yeah we we came to New Zealand before we came to New Zealand like we weren't we weren't uh Christian at all like this time what everything i shared we weren't Christian at all um we we believed in hindu gods there's so many gods mm. um which is pretty crazy but like at the same time like we just believed because of the community as well um yeah. we just went to those temples because of the community we celebrated um those festivals because we didn't want to be cast out because if you're a christian in nepal you're pretty much is cast out people mm. um so it was it was pretty hard and then but my mom says all the time like she always had a feeling that she was going to become a christian even when she was in nepal um and i'm like mm, that's cool wow and like whenever they had easter or like christmas services <laughs> i would go and get some food from there as well cuz like they'll have good food um <laughs> so yeah that's what i remember nice um and then like <laughs> i know it's crazy right <laughs> it's awesome it's awesome yeah i mean <laughs> yeah um so pretty much came to new zealand not knowing anything not knowing where even new zealand was in the map and not knowing any english at all um was pretty pretty oh, daunting you don't know any english nah, before you got here nothing at all couldn't wow. even wow. say hello i would have never thought <laughs> you got great english it's easy you just say hello hello you just did yeah i just did <laughs> nice especially in new zealand where kiwis speak funny yeah yeah you guys do <laughs> but it's awesome um yeah so I came to new zealand i stayed in auckland for about 2 weeks and you just, came with your mom Yeah, I came with my mom and my brother and my sister. My oldest brother was still in back in Nepal with his dad. Um I that, don't know. That was Daniel? Was. No, that was Mani who's still oh, was yep. still back in Nepal. But Daniel and Daniel's in New Zealand. Yeah, Daniel and Rose. Okay. Well, their names by the way. Just to put in context. So my brothers were Mani, Daniel, my sister is Rose. and my mum's name is Kina um so yeah came to new zealand and pretty much just went to school and I, i would just listen i wouldn't i wouldn't speak at all i had no boldness to speak how old were you at the time i was 12 years old so pretty young well not too young but young enough it's pretty young to not know any english and got thrown into an english school <laughs> yeah like yeah yeah it was pretty daunting at the start um so i grew up in christchurch um with the refugee people there the community 
Um, so we were, we were pretty close and everything. And then like during the year, we had volunteers and everybody who's helping us to um, to do shopping and to go and check out the place as well. Take us in the weekends, go play some with some snow. We actually had snows in Christchurch one time, which was amazing mm. in 2008. So it was just really cool to see um, everything mm. for the first time. Even going on the plane was the first time. Seeing an elevator was the first time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so like everything was That'd just like pretty much first time. Yeah, just like, that exposure to the Western world. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like my mind was just like, what is yep. this? You still remember that? So clearly, yeah that that I cannot wipe that out of my mind at all. Wow. Um, so that that I can remember every day. I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that's that's insane. Um, so yeah, like I'll just go always go on the elevator <laughs> up and down and just walking fast as well. Just walking elevator. Um, so that was that was pretty fun as a child coming to New Zealand. Um, and then, yeah, came to Christchurch, lived there. So the the big Nepali community got ex, uh, split. So a few of them went to um, Palmerston North. So there's a lot of refugee immigrated people there as well. <coughs> um, so we were originally going to go in um, Palmerston North, but my mom said, like, because we had our friend come over as well with us at the same time, and the mum just said, no, we, we want to go to Christchurch. Like, okay, they there's figure out, figure it out, and then there's, yeah, they just got us to Christchurch, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, grew up there. Um, one guy actually always started coming over to our house in the weekend. His name is David Gordon. And, like, he'll just pour pour himself to us, like, about God and bringing us pumpkins every day, every weekend, I mean. Um, just, like, just showing his love for us. Um, and, yeah, he would just come every every weekend. And that was, that was like, pretty insane because we would just sit in the corner as a whole family just listening to this white man talking to us. <laughs> who's so passionate about God and um, just wants to help us a lot. Um, was that your first exposure to the gospel then? Yes, The first time was. you'd heard it. Mm-hmm. Nice. It was my first. It was our first time as a family whole. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, one time pretty much he invited us to go to church. And, yeah, that's. I guess that's where where I started my journey with the father. Um, But at the same time, like growing up in a new country, not knowing any English, had a lot of challenges with bullies, um, mocking mocking me and, you know, like just living this world that is just corrupted Mm -hmm. in every way. Um, So, yeah, like people didn't really... Like understand where I would, where I was coming from, and 
because they never took a time to actually sit me down and just talk mm. and because I didn't know any English either so so it was hard for them but the teachers were really nice um went to Esol and just tried to learn remember I told you that I did not like going to school at all but when I came to New Zealand I wanted to go to school I I wanted to do something with my life um for some reason mm. I don't I don't know what um so I just started doing that never missed a school even though if I was like coughing or something I would still go to school <laughs> so that was pretty 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 crazy in my opinion definitely um, crazy now with the pandemic like, yeah <laughs> that's a big no no today yeah, but that's um, a no no yeah that's that's awesome that you love school that much and yeah. you really wanted to make a difference you know yeah. from uh your life in Nepal to being in New Zealand yeah um, yeah sorry carry on there no it was it was very i don't know i don't even know where it came from to be honest with you other than maybe it was god you know um so so yeah basically did that went to school every day um and started playing sports started playing rugby and touch and football i tried everything but i just loved rugby a lot mm. um so that was and then fun. you're in the right place <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i just i just loved rugby a lot and then played until i lost my tooth um so that was pretty pretty crazy <laughs> nice. so you lost your tooth yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have a fake tooth on, um, so that was pretty crazy. Um, so that's when I stopped playing. <laughs> I'm like, screw this, I'm not playing hit. anymore. You're not supposed to eat the ball. It's no. just <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, somebody up uppercut me. Oh, man. Yikes. That, was, that was pretty gnarly. And I was not wearing mouth guards, so if you're playing rugby, wear mouth guards. Mm. Keep your teeth. Yeah, keep your teeth safe. Um, yeah, pretty much. So getting into the story of my walk with Jesus started in Christchurch when I was 13. Mm. Um, started going to church, started doing um, Kids Alive, you know, kids story and all this thing. And, and yeah, went to Brinma Baptist Church every, every Sunday and... Yeah, my brother started going to, um, it's called Easter Camp. I don't know if everybody knows, but it was a pretty big thing a couple mm. of years ago. Yeah. Still is, but it's kind of dying down, which is sad. Um, so that's that's where where my brother um, actually decided to follow Jesus. Um, and I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't know much about it. I still don't know the whole story of what happened and how Jesus um just met with him, and he's got some crazy story um that he has actually met God in person, which is which is crazy. Wow! So he's got a pretty big calling in his life. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. So that was pretty crazy. But which brother is that? Daniel. Daniel. Awesome. Yeah. Daniel, if you're listening to this, 
Mm. Yeah. yeah. Daniel in the Bible had a heart Dan- after God, didn't he? Yeah, so he did. Shows how powerful somebody's name can be. Yeah, he actually chose that name. Like, I think when he encountered God. Oh, wow. Lot. So he chose the name Daniel. Yeah. What was he called before that? Yamnath. Yamnath. So, yeah. Wow. That's like, um, that's like, I mean, there's Saul and like Paul. That. Yep. Saul and Paul, yep. Abraham, Abram and Abraham. Mm, that's, yeah. a, that's really cool. Yeah. And for me, um, it was either David or um, Joshua. I think in my life, since I became Christian, like a lot of people have prophesied over my over me the name of Joshua, just conquering the land wherever I step on it um, with God. So which is pretty cool too. I love that, eh? Because yeah. it shows you really taking on that new identity um, that Christ gives you, you know, you you get adopted as a son, and whenever you go into a family, you know you get the name of that family. Yeah, and that's it's incredible to to hear that um, throughout all of your family, you've had your brothers and things like that that have adopted yeah. their new identity in Christ, and, yeah. and so like openly, you know, this is my name now. This is what it stands for, and this is the reason I chose it. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, but I still have my original name as well. So I just changed Joshua to my middle name because I don't have middle name. Um, so yeah, basically we all became Christian because like Daniel, my brother just decided to get baptized. And, you know, in Nepali culture, when one person does it, the whole family does it. So <laughs> as a father in my eyes, he did that and was just like, well, why not? The yep. whole family my mom wanted to get baptized and my sister wanted to get baptized. Oh. Um, so, yeah, everybody got baptized, which was pretty pretty crazy. And I guess, like, thinking about it back, I was just like, man, God really did meet me there. Yeah. I don't f- felt anything other than, like, just this joy and yep. peace. Mm-hmm. And maybe because people will tell me, because people told me that you'll feel that, but I definitely felt so much joy and felt like a child, mm. you know? Like when when you go underwater and come up, I literally just felt like a child, just running around, being cheeky. Um, that's, that's amazing because you mentioned before that you felt like you had to grow up so quickly Yeah, um, due to you know living in Nepal. And um, that sort of God giving you back that childhood mm. uh, that you missed out on. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, it's it's so incredible. Only God can do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, still is doing that in my life. Still calling me to be a child again, which is quite cool. Um, so, yeah, pretty much that's where it started then. Just life and... Went to church every day, I mean every week, and started going to youth group, started going to um, Easter camp myself as well, which was really cool. And yeah, I guess like for my whole family, like there's just been a big call in our lives and with leadership and all this thing, but like just 
you know, when circumstances hit, like where do you stand on, has been the biggest thing so far um, of what's been going on and what how the enemy works. Mm. It's like he can be, well, he is, all he knows is to destroy and to kill. But, um, you know, when you really give your whole life to Jesus, like you, you're walking in victory. So I guess like, yeah, my whole family at the moment is as a parted like the sea. Wow. Like just doing their own thing and um, it's just quite sad. It breaks my heart a lot now, yeah. but I know that the Lord will bring them back mm. in his timing. Um, but like, yeah, we we started leading youth group as well as we grow, grow up. And um, one time I had to do a, a speech at Year Right. Um, in front of everybody, didn't know much English. Um, I had to do a speech of what I wanted to become. And I don't know, for some reason, I wanted to become a builder and go back to Nepal and help those people. And yeah, I I really didn't know and I couldn't really publicly speak (laughs) in front. So my teacher had to like read it for me, which was quite embarrassing. But it was good at the same time. Um, Did so you like, ever fulfill that? Because I know you're a builder. I haven't fulfilled the Nepal yet, yep. but I have fulfilled. You got um, the skills to the do it. Skills now. to do it now. Amazing. Um, so which is which is incredible, mm. and who knows? Might go back to Nepal one day yep. to help the people around there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that was my. I don't know, like childhood dream, I guess, to just build houses for people. Um, but now just kingdom, kingdom mm. mindset now. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. So I guess that happened Then I started leading youth group and doing all this thing that I was required to do. Um, and it was, it was amazing. I really enjoyed leading. I really enjoyed people seeing that talent that God has given um, my family and myself. And yeah, just like somebody saw us, just made me feel like, wow, you actually do see the good in me. I, I didn't see it at all as a leader or where my life was going to go, um, but people saw that. And so that was pretty special. And I guess like as we became Christian, like I guess there was a distance between the Nepali people here in um in Christchurch, like we started having less connection. So like I said before, like the Nepali culture they they don't like if you become Christian because they just believe that it's wrong religion to go. Um, well, they call it religion. They call everything religion. So pretty much they just said, they pretty much do is just like make you outcast again. So that's what happened to our family. Yes, with mums, this like all the um, hurt and all the pain and depression that she had, 
So it's like she wasn't she was not good, but like people just doing their own, started doing their own thing and just not really caring about our family at all. Mm. Um even though we came together in New Zealand, so just made made us feel like even more less wanted. Yeah. By the people around us, especially f- from our own community. So, yeah, just felt very outcast mm. by that. Um so yeah, I guess that's one of the reasons we just kept going to the church. It's just like, well, if you guys don't want us, then it's all good. We have a new family. Mm. Um, and one of the family actually adopted adopted me. Not my whole family, but like me. Because, yeah, they just saw something that wow. I didn't see. So not legally or anything, but like they just adopted me, um, and which yeah, they were the walkers in Christchurch. Um, yeah, they adopted me, just like a son, like yeah. my safe place to go to when things happened around home. Mm. So pretty much from like around fifteen, sixteen, I've seen so many things that Mama has done. Mm. Um, like one time, I guess she just went crazy because of bipolar and everything. And what I'm about to share is pretty. Like I don't, I don't really share this to many people at all. But I feel like, like, not in, not even my whole family knows much about this. So what I'm about to share is pretty deep. Um, you may be shocked, but I have been through this, and yeah, it's crazy. But I just feel like the Lord wants to share, wants me to share this to you guys as well. So pretty much, my mom went crazy, and my stepdad was living with us again. So that's Mani's uh, dad, who came to New Zealand as well later on um and they we try to put them together again because why not you know we just thought as a kids we thought it would work and yeah we tried to do the best we could as an old elderly people like you know old um brother they tried to do their best and to look after their parents so we just put them together and it was going well for a couple of years. And then, yeah, this thing started going sour on the other side. So there was just a massive argument and she just started getting sick. And pretty much she was trying to kill him for some reason. Just like really, like looking back now, it was just so demonic. Um, so she was pretty much like strangling him and I was in the middle of it all, um, trying to call the cops, trying to get help and at the same time trying to save my stepdad's life. And, and this, this is when I was around 16 or 17 when I was still at school. Um, and yeah, like. 
the cops came and took him away, took her away, and things got calmed down a little bit, and pretty much he decided to go to go back to Nelson, where he lives with his um, son, which is Mani, my big brother. Um, so yeah, it, we just thought, well, we don't know why, but like, just felt it wasn't the right time or right match. Um, so pretty much they split it again and they, they went back into their normal life. Um, but like thinking back, like, man, that has, that has scarred me for life. But thanks be to God, like he's, he's healing me every day. Um, and he's, he's always bringing it up. So he wants me to live in the fullness that he has called me to. And yeah, like, it's just crazy to think about that. Even though I was in the middle of it, I just feel like he was in the middle of it, that he, like he wasn't going to let anything happen to me. Um, mm. And that he, he was protecting me and protecting my heart. Mm. Um, even though everything was going crazy with my mum and has been going crazy with my mum ever since my sister was born. And, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's just a little bit about it. And, like, it's just crazy to see God just moving. Even though, like, I didn't feel like I had firm foundation in Him, I knew that God existed, but just like this happened every year, and it just got never old. Got never old. Um, just kept on happening again and again and again, and that's where the Walker's family comes in of just them taking me in, yeah, um, as my safe um, place to go, safe place where I can breathe. Mm. And pretty much go every year <laughs> for a couple of months, and then just because love for my mum, I'd always go back. Yeah, because I just loved her, and um, even though it was not right, I I already went. I'm just like, well, I just love my mum, and I'm supposed to look after her. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I went back. The year would go well, and then again, same thing would happen. Yeah. And again, and again, and again. Um, so pretty much that happened for, still is happening today, which is quite sad. But I truly believe that God is working in her life, even if it's like taking it slow. Mm. But like, you know, if you if you have hope, and if you truly believe that he will heal, then he will heal. Mm. So he started. It may for some people it takes like that to be healed, like in a second. But so, but for some it takes a while. Like you can't see healing. Um, like you know, we want to see healings I- immediately, but mm. God's timing is better. So it's been it's been pretty. Pretty interesting ride to see her life being changed a little mm. bit. 
even if it's just a glimpse. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Um, I really like how you're saying that some sometimes God heals straight away and sometimes uh, it takes time. Yep. Um, I had one of our pastors uh, share a really cool story on a similar situation. He had two friends and they're both smokers and um, they prayed at a uh, youth event to uh, get, went up the front to be set free, you know, chains broken. And um, one of them, um, the addiction totally broke, mm. completely gone. Mm-hmm. And then the other person who prayed, uh, he still had the addiction the next day. Yep. And about 10 years had passed, and um, these same two people, the one who's chains broke and he didn't uh didn't have the urge to smoke anymore found himself smoking a few years later wow and then the one who really wanted it that didn't have the nicotine addiction broken over time he has managed to break it with god Mm. and is completely set free now from uh the nicotine addiction yeah and it just shows that sometimes it's God actually needs to take you through that journey mm-hmm. of uh, pain and suffering mm. to heal you permanently yeah. rather than temporarily fixing an issue only to easily fall back into it by accident. Yeah. I guess like he looks into the heart, you know, like when Jesus was on earth, like he he didn't care about the outside. Mm. He actually really looked into people's heart of yeah. like, wow. Is your heart actually soft to be healed? You, mm. know? you can be healed and great, you can get back into it, but is your heart healed? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I truly believe that's what God is doing in my mom's heart. Like, he really wants to heal her heart because she's been through trauma. Mm. And growing up, like, it hasn't been the smoothest ride for her as well. Mm. And all she sees is her pain. Yeah. So, yeah, my prayer for her is to, yeah, like to be, to walk in freedom Mm. and to rely on Jesus in everything that she does. Yeah. And yeah, it may take a couple of years, but I truly believe that that's what he's doing in her heart. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, pretty much that happens every every year. Mm. And this year was not bad. Last year wasn't actually. It was bad, but all of a sudden just happened again. And but yeah, it's not the same as before. Before, like I'll probably get abused and hit by and called so many things, like not wanted and you're not my son. You're son of the devil and all this thing. You know, just those names. And, yeah, I'll just pretty much cry and just drive to um, Michelle's, the Walker's place, Chris and Michelle's place. Um, and, yeah, just cry and go and they'll, they'll just know what to do because it just became so regular. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when I, when I started growing up, 18, 19 20 um just things were crazy and then yeah i got into apprenticeship um for my building as well um when i was 
18 because I just knew what I wanted to do, so I just got into it. So I started doing that and still believed in God, but I feel like from 18 I started searching things of like, what, what is this, you know? So I started going to clubs with my friends and, yeah, just things that I told myself that I wouldn't do, I did. Mm. Mm. Datings, um, sex before marriage, I told myself I, don't want, I didn't want to do that, I wanted to follow God. Um, did that, was not, was not great. Um, um, so pretty much like, yeah, just used um, women as an object. Um, was addicted. Was wasn't really too addicted to porn, but like, I was, yeah, pretty much influenced by that a lot, and it was not, it was not like, the best time of my life. But because of my hurt and pain, like I started putting my pain aside and just started pleasing myself instead. Um, and that's, it's true. A lot of people who's probably listening, like probably been there, done that. But like, we all know that only God can free you from that as well. And so, yeah, all those pain, all those hurt started putting it on there, going to clubs and drinking and, um, and telling myself not to be like my father. just like marrying whoever. Um, and what what happens? Like, yes, I wasn't married, but like dating is kind of the same. Mm. When you when you cross the line, um, when you go sex before marriage, you're pretty much breaking the whole covenant mm. that God has meant for marriage. Mm. And yeah, it breaks my heart to even talk about it. To be honest with you, um, that. I went through that, but I did. Um, I'm not proud of it, but at the same time, I'm thankful that I did go through that. So, I think it's um, super important to let the listeners know that uh, you know everybody stumbles, mm-hmm. um, Christian or not. Yep. And um, we had another guy sharing his testimony about depression and um even after being saved you know his chains weren't broken like the smoker you know his he has to work through that on a daily basis with Christ yep and that um those urges uh you know making sure that you're not putting that identity um you know that you're the identity of Joshua you know yep, yep. and um to not take on that uh, worldly identity take on the new name that God's given you yeah um, and even uh, the most amazing people in the Bible struggled yeah um, you know every day um, you got I think Solomon's probably the easiest one to to yeah. look at uh, when it comes to um, saturating yourself in material things yep um, and he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Yep. Yeah. So, true. and at the very end of Ecclesiastes, he talks about just love the Lord God 
and follow his commands. Yeah. yeah. Um, nothing else will satisfy. So yeah. I think that's a lesson um, about the sex before marriage is even if, you know, any listeners that are struggling with that, to know that, like, God's grace, like, God, you've got a big problem. Yep. You've yep. got a bigger God. Yeah. And he's always bigger and more loving to, to like, he conquered it. He conquered that on the cross. Yeah. And um, that shame and, and anything that is carried on you to put that burden that was taken care of 2,000 years ago on the cross. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to daily do that. For sure. Yeah, one scripture I actually really like is in uh, Philippians 2.12. Um, Paul says, continue um, to work out your salvation with mm. fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Um, I really like that because I think when I first read it, I did not understand it because um, what does it mean to work out your salvation? But I think walking in that Mm. Um, it's like the state of being saved. Like Jesus came to save us from our sins mm. and he has saved us from our sins. Mm-hmm. And then you just continue to walk in that daily yeah. and you walk in that new identity. Um, as Joel said, um, so yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah, it's, um, a testimony allows us to be, um, actually proud of, um, our past, not, not because of the things we've done, but because of what God has done. Amen. And then, you know, that he just fully removes that shame mm-hmm. when the testimony becomes about him, you yeah. know, and not about us. So, yep. uh, anyway, yeah, continuing to work out that salvation and walk in it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the devil will always try and bring up that shame. Yeah. Yep. But um, it's it's uh, glorifying God and knowing that he's conquered that shame. He's taken yep. that from you and um, not having that pinned to you, yeah. knowing that it was pinned to the cross. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I guess like that's that just happened a lot. And then um yeah, like even though I went through that like didn't mean God didn't love me less or more. He just yeah. his his love is just unconditional love. And but yeah, like I went through that and I know a lot of you who are listening to this probably have been through this or are still going through this. Um, but yeah, for me, like what kept me to the church was playing drums. Amen. Um, right on. Yeah. Like that's the one of the things, you know, like Christmas song. That's like all he has to offer is drum, you know, that little boy drummer. Um, so pretty much just, that's what I did. That's all I knew what to do, even though I was <laughs> like drunk and, uh, hungover, still go to church. Didn't that know is, why. That is uncanny how similar that is to my testimony. Really? <laughs> right to the same instrument. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. So, yeah, like I just kept on going to church, even though I would party and do all these wild things. Um, so, yeah, I kept on doing that for one or two years until. Like, I lost my job in uh, Christchurch as a builder um, where I got redundant because everything was just slowing down and my apprenticeship wasn't mm. going too well. Um, and they're just like, well, your bookwork is not good. And then, yeah, that's that's where I started love. Like, well, okay, 
You're a great builder, but bookwork became more priority mm. than the quality of work. Right. Um. So pretty much, they said, "Well, we don't want you here." So pretty much, they got me redundant. Nice mm. word to say, redundant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So pretty much that happened, and. I was still living with my mom, and like it was just crazy. Um, and that year, um, this is probably like sixteen, two thousand sixteen or seventeen, maybe no, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, and that was my like third year into building, um, and it took me about four years to finish it all because of the obstacle that I had to face. Um, again, um, so pretty much lost my job. Then my mum went crazy again, and in that moment, yeah, she chucked all of all of my stuff on the um, on the grass and just telling, casting me out of her house to go live somewhere. I pretty much packed up everything and left to walk us again. Um, I pretty much just called them and just said, "Okay, I'm on my way." Mm. And I said, "Yeah, come." And they would always have a bed for me, um, so stayed there. And that night, I went to Port Hills, even though I felt peace about staying there and everything. I just went to Christchurch Port Hill, and I'm just like, "What is this point? Like, what is?" What is the purpose of me living here if I'm facing all these challenges for no reason? Like, why? Why am I alive? Like, is Port Hills is that a, a like a viewpoint? Yeah, viewpoint yep. in Christchurch. Oh, yeah. Overlooks um, the city. Yeah, overlooks the city. Um, like a secluded, yeah, isolated place. Yeah, yeah, very isolated place. Um, good but place really for your nice. Good, yeah, good for your thoughts. Um, but like, it was good thoughts, especially at the end where I said, well, can't do anything on my own. Here I am. Mm. And then I guess as I was going down, this thought came into my mind, like, well, nobody loves me. God, I feel like God's not even listening to me. And I feel like my life is meaningless. Mm. So what's the point in living? So pretty much had that thought of like, well, I want to kill myself. You know, like, and I've never thought about that before, like to that extent, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you just see your life is just going so badly and you see nothing is working in your own strength. And I'm just like, well, I'm done. I'm done living my life. Like, I just want to go off the cliff. When you go down, it's pretty sharp. Mm. When you're going down the hill. Um, it's kind of like remarkable, you know. Going up is so steep, mm. but coming down, you can just easily lose control and just go off yeah. the road. And that's how it was. And I was just like, "Well, what's the point, God? Like, I don't have any purpose. I don't have any reason to live for." So that thought crossed my mind. I'm like, "Well, I'd rather die." Mm. And be with Jesus, than to be here on earth and feel all these 
um, trouble. Mm. And but thanks be to God, like I, I got home safely. Like a lot of people don't know about this story at all. Like I just started opening up to it because I know it just felt like it. Felt like the Lord told me to like well doesn't need to hide in the dark anymore mm. it needs to come out so yeah i haven't even told my family about it either you know like yeah not really many people know even the walkers don't really know that i went through that and but the crazy thing is i don't remember how i got home wow i really don't know how i got home other than it must be God. Like, because I was not in my right mindset. I was just toxic through my own problem, not seeing anything other than just like shame and guilt and um, all my fault. Mm. Can't do anything right. Sounds like demonic oppression. Yeah. Um, you, know, uh, you know, demons will use anything to... If they can latch onto anything in your life that yeah. that will cause you to focus on that, uh, they will. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm stoked that you had the walkers. You know, you had yeah. that house of God that was there for you. Yeah. Um, that a lot of people don't have. No. Um, and yeah, for anybody listening, find somebody that you can talk to uh, that is a Christian mm-hmm. that has your heart. Yeah, and and your best interests in mind. Yeah, and who knows who you are as a son of God as well. Absolutely. Like that's that's what they saw in me, and that's like that's what they believed mm. because they saw something greater than what I saw myself. Mm. So, like, if yeah, if you're listening to this, and if this is resonating to you, like, go get help. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> Mm. But I do believe at the same time, God will open doors. Mm. But like, be quick to listen and be quick to obey. Mm. Even the late, um, he may speak to you and then you you delay on obeying. That's pretty much disobedience. Mm. So, so be quick to listen and quick to do. Um, yeah. So that's what I want to speak to. And run to Jesus. He's the comforter. He's the one who gives you peace. He's the one who who can only save you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happened to me. Like now, like looking back, I'm like, man, I should have been dead. But man, because of Jesus, because of what he has done on the cross, he had so much grace to me than I could have on myself mm. on yourself you can't have any grace like you can try but like you pretty much fall short because you're just doing it on your own strength and that's what happens because we're just humans mm. um but if you cling to Jesus like he will give you more than enough grace mm. and that's what he did as i went down as i got home Got to bed safely, not knowing how. Um, like he just comforted me as I went to sleep. He just loved me 
unconditionally. Like I didn't have to earn it. Mm. I didn't have to do anything to receive his love. Even though I didn't understand anything at that moment, I just carried on doing the same thing again. Mm. But like as you go through this journey like he just starts opening your eyes even more as you go deeper. So pretty much that happened then we had young adults when Michelle um opened up um and was praying for me and I was still looking for a job for a couple of months trying to find a um job that where I could finish my um apprenticeship and everything and yes he just pretty much said well have you thought about leaving Christchurch and I was like no I don't want to leave Christchurch like I have I have a drum <laughs> that I, I love playing and I have a family here my mom my sister and my brother and I have you guys like in my mind I'm just like no nah, I don't want to go mm. but like within me like I prayed like God send me like yeah. I'll go wherever you tell me to go and pretty much I was searching for a job after job after job every day trying to find it and then all of a sudden get this call I thought all of this job that I was searching for was in Christchurch but it ended up being in Queenstown and my boss just called me and he's like wow do you want to come to um Queenstown and work and I don't know I just said yes and then he's like well you have to move to Queenstown remember that and I'm like wait what yeah. I know nobody in Queenstown and I'm pretty much said yes to this job so that week I left um 2018 No, earlier, 2016 or 17. I don't know what exactly the date was. Um, so I left Christchurch, left all, all my friends and the church that I grew up in and my family, my extended family and everybody. I was just like, well, I'm just going to go and see what happens. I just had so much faith that God would provide a friend for me. for me um and i was very determined i always been a determined guy to finish what what has been started so yeah like i came to queenstown with nobody packed up everything and just left um because i was just done with christchurch and my family but Cri- christchurch the city not christ church <laughs> yeah just to Christ clarify Christ confused. this city yes <laughs> um so yeah pretty much i guess like that's where that's when i actually started trusting god even more mm. like that's where i feel like my true belief started happening to go even deeper yes i i believed everything but at the same time just felt like i believe because of my family mm. i didn't have my own faith mm. um if that makes sense um so I pretty much came to queenstown and i went to i was just very open to go to all the churches here and there wasn't many churches 
Um, but like, yeah, went and tried mostly at church, stayed there for a bit, and then like I'll just visit place to place, and then went to Church on the Rock, and that's where I actually met YWAMers. Mm. Um, and where I met um, Honey, who was my who became my outreach leader later on. Um, and yeah, they just invited me to go to Freedom Church and went to Freedom Church and they're like, wow, we need a drummer. I'm like, okay, sweet. I'll just serve wherever needs to be served. And yeah, I was just there serving and just loving on God and just enjoying, enjoying his presence and started dating again, which, um, which was very toxic looking back. Um, but, yeah, God is good. Um, and, yeah, got involved with YWAM as well. So Danny Danny was the first one who's like, well, dude, we'd love for you to come and play drums at, at um, YWAM. And I was like, yeah, okay. But, like, from... Like it's, it was such a like spiritual warfare to even enter into YWAM. Mm. I couldn't I like go to worship night when I'm not playing. Like just didn't want to enter into the place. Like I'll just feel this somebody like just pushing you back, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's that's happened to me so many times, and I'll just go. Just before the worship started, <laughs> and then just go at the back and just be there, and just worship God and and go home. And one time, Danny just stopped me, I think, and yeah, just got to know me. And I guess that's that's where where I started to have more relationship with YM Queenstown, and pretty much. Yeah, I just felt more comfortable in coming. Um, so, so yeah, um, Queenstown happened, and then the Lord told me to do YWAM, and I'm like, no way, I'm not doing it. I signed up for it, and I was still dating, and pretty much, like, the one that I was dating was just, like, very anti-YWAM. Um, and just said like, yeah, I don't think this is for you. And but if this is for you, go for it. Um, so I don't know. For some reason, I just stopped, stopped like all the process. And I said, yeah, I don't think God's calling me to do what I am. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, pretty much stopped that. And um, and yeah, just. I just did whatever I wanted to do again, even though I was still involved with church. Mm. And, but at the same time, just like I was living at Aratan, and one time I went went to run, and he talked to me so clearly, and I did not want to believe him at that moment. But he was very clear, like, you're going to break up, you know, you're going to break up with her. And I was just like, okay. 
But in my heart, I was just like, well, that's not cool, mm. you know. And yeah, pretty much broke up, and which was good. Um, and then, yeah, like finished my apprenticeship, and I'm like, well, I'm done with the apprenticeship. I'm leaving. So I went, went back home to Christchurch and for a little bit. And then, yeah, pretty much I decided to go to America <laughs> to run away from doing YOM. <laughs> Didn't realize that I was running away from God. So I went to America um, for a couple of months, um, visited a few of the YOMers, even got to visit Danny while he was still there. Um and so Danny and Regina, yeah, Danny and Regina, shout out, <laughs> shout out to you guys, um, yeah, and Danny challenged me again. He's like, bro, like you told me that you'll do YOM if you don't have anything to do. Well, now you're not working. Now you're qualified. Why don't you do it? Qualified. <laughs> you're God, qualified. That's funny. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he was meaning like the building qualification, oh, yeah, right. um, <laughs> not the other thing. Um, so he's like, well, you're done with um, building. Why don't you do you do the wire? And I'm like, nah, this is not for me. But like deep within me, I just knew I was going to do it. Mm. Um, and that night he took us to this pizza place and like, you know how American pizza is so greasy. <laughs> oh, man. It's wonderfully greasy. Yeah. <laughs> wonderfully. Wonderfully. You're saying greasy. it wrong. It's it's greasy. It's a good thing. Yeah, very <laughs> good <laughs> thing. The way you say it. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, so it was it was pretty it was good. Like loved the food, but my stomach didn't love it. <laughs> so the whole night I was just like, yeah. In the toilet a lot of times <laughs> because it just yeah wasn't good um, so from the d- from the devil but yeah part of, it's, it's part of the testimony yeah <laughs> I think it was but like I don't know in the morning woke up and I was just like for some reason I just said yeah I think I'm gonna do YWAM so I just emailed their registration and they're like yeah we still have it for you. Great. We didn't really close it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they just knew that I was going to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much that's when I submitted my um, rights. Mm. Like, well, I can run away as far as I want to, but God's going to always bring me back mm. to what he has promised and what he has called Absolutely. into my life. You're lucky you didn't get in by fish because there was this one Could've guy. happened. Yeah, there was he was running away, and yeah, he got eaten by fish. Yep, Jonah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's I guess that's where my life got even deeper, and yeah, did did my DTS, and God just miraculously provided all the finances I needed. Like before that, I had I had a like real flash car. Um, Subaru, which was pretty cool, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> was pretty cool. I yeah. saw it. And yeah, like at the start, the Lord provided f- 
for me to do the um, school. And yeah, like all the money that I had, I spent it all on um, the car that I bought, <laughs> which was, yeah, disobedience. That's what happens. You just do what God tells you not to do. Um, so yeah, I I pretty much did that and like the Lord just provided in miraculous way, like church and friends just supporting me to go where God has called you to go. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And yeah, the money came in <laughs> within three days, which is like wow, mar- miracle. And that was like a couple of thousand dollars. Like, yeah, it was crazy. And yeah, did my school. And I guess with, YWAM school, what was so impacting was um, the Father Heart of God. Um, So pretty much, as you know, my father left me and that, yeah, he just didn't have any relationship with me. And as an abandoned um, child that I just felt like the father left, would never accept me as a son as well. And pretty much, like, he wrecked me so much that whole time. And, like, I think what was impactful was to actually forgive my father. And, like, that was that was really challenging because I've never forgiven him for what he has actually done mm. um, because, like, from what I hear from mom... It's just like, who would do that to their own kids and to their, to her wife, to his wife, you know? Why would you leave, um, why would you leave your son and daughter's daughter and just go marry somebody else? I, I just didn't understand. And now God's calling me to forgive my father. And he didn't even want us at all. Like, just felt like unwanted. So pretty much, like he, he said, like, well, uh, one of the speaker, um, he came from Oxford, and was just teaching, and he he got us to do this letter for your dad, and I I wrote it, and he's like, Arjun, do you do you want to come up front? And speak that to me. I want to stand in the gap of your father. And I'm like, uh, uh, okay. I was pretty confident. I was like, okay, this this is going to be good. I'm going to get to you, you know. So I wrote all these words. Like even, not curse words, just like, just all this pain and all this hurt that he has caused me. I didn't realize I was looking at God like that as well, mm. like that God would leave me behind and that all of a sudden, like, yeah, that he'll just leave. And I'm like, I don't know, this is quite hard to do. As I stepped up and I started speaking those words, like, man, it was crazy. Like, God pretty much just like started stripping all of that hurt and all the pain that I went through and and like 
just miraculously like got to forgive my dad in in years like for such a long time that I've been holding against my dad like you know as I was building like I I had it in my mind from the beginning on like to go back to uh, Nepal and to pretty much hurt him for what what he's um what he did to me like I just wanted to um pretty much pretty much kill him like that was that was my that was my mind of just like wow I just because of what you have put my family and myself through I want to go back to Nepal and I want to destroy you for what how much pain you have put us all in that was my heart like I just wanted to go because I was just so hurt and so pain so much pain and pretty much um yeah I spoke that out and and just all I could do was just weep for him mm. because the Lord clearly spoke to me saying like hey I love your dad as much as I love you. Mm. Do you want to wow. forgive him? Like that was just so clear in my mind. Like I that's how I knew it was really God speaking to me. And that's when I really knew that um only he could forgive. And then like and then he just started processing me with like once you forgive then i can start healing you mm. because you have all these baggages it's like bring it up to the cross then i can start healing you so i'm just like well i want to be healed i don't want to <laughs> carry all these baggages that's weighing me down for what he has called me to do so i was pretty bold because i just believed in god mm. um because i just knew it was god who was speaking and yeah pretty much gave that all up i'm like okay i have no rights to hold against my dad he's just a human who made many many mistakes but i do choose to forgive him mm. and yeah i forgave him but like it's still today i'm still forgiving him even talking about it just like man the hurt is still there mm. but like the Lord is still healing me as I even speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I love that, Arjun. That's um, it speaks definitely in my life personally, and probably you too, Thompson, about forgiveness. And one thing that um, my parents would always tell me, you know, say sorry, <laughs> and you don't want to, you know, as yeah. a, as a child, you're like, nah, that's and and even when you do say sorry. I'm honestly still pretty bitter most of the time. Yep. So the biggest thing that I learned from that is forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. And um, a really easy example is Jesus going to the cross, you know, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm sure the feeling <laughs> of being, you know, nailed to the cross and whipped and... Mm. And all that was uh, not a pleasant feeling. And um, 
However, the joy that he did have for us was there. But definitely, I think, when you go to forgive someone, um, knowing that it's a choice. Yeah. Um, and often joy follows that. Mm-hmm. But um, it can take it can take years. Yeah. Um, but in your heart, knowing that you actually hold nothing against that person. Yeah. Um, is uh, so important. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. carry on the Arjun. Yeah. So I guess that's that's one of the most things that um, the Lord's been speaking a lot is to forgive. My father a lot in that time, and I guess like I didn't realize that at all before I even got into it. I was like, "Oh yeah, father, how to God, it'll be all sweet," mm-hmm. you know. It's like I know him. Just all this thing that I thought I knew, but like I didn't know he was gonna strip me out mm. from that, you know. So it was just really cool, and yeah, going into. C- uh, going into the outreach as well, man, it was it was insane. Like the Lord started healing my childhood memories as well. So like I completely didn't even realize that I wiped away all my memories as a childhood in Nepal. Um, so like I wouldn't remember. You just blocked it out. Yeah, I just blocked it out. Like, is this crazy how? Powerful your mind can be Would you be able to tell our listeners What the outreach is How far uh, Where you go And how long you go for So After After DTS um, Through the theories And all these things that you do It's pretty much a heart surgery And the Lord just heals you And all this thing He starts bringing it up And afterwards after the three months, we go on to outreach. So I was in outreach with um, with my team, who went to Byron Bay and Queens, uh, Byron Bay Australia. and Papua New Guinea, oh. which is, and then Byron Bay and Papua, no, 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 Byron no. Bay, Australia, and Byron Bay, yeah, then oh, Papua right. New Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, and then we went to West Papua, so. Byron Bay in Australia was good, a lot of evangelism, and then, yeah, I guess it was just the first world anyway, so it wasn't like, yeah, there was some cool story, but at the same time, just still felt like you're in the first world, (laughs) Um, but like going to Papua New Guinea, first time I stepped on the on the ground, like, stepped onto the road of dirt, just, like, reminded me of back home. Mm. Like, reminded me of a child who would play in the um, scum where the, all the dirt and everything is to search for food to eat, you know? And and pretty much, like, that's, that's where when Jesus was like, well, you know, when you were actually searching for food I was there with you searching for food and mm. I'm like what mm. like you are a God who is holy mm. and who is powerful he came down with me to find food with me mm. like 
Wow. That just blew my mind. I'm like, what? No way. Like, how can you? You're a holy God. But you came down to my mess. And you, you gave me food. Mm. You went with me to find food. And that was just like, everything just started coming up. Mm. And like, and that's that's when, when I knew that he's not a god of religion. He's a god of relationship. Mm. Like people, you can you can talk about it like relationship and all this thing. But like, if you if you truly truly give your whole life to Jesus, you would know what true relationship looks like. Like he would do everything with you. Um. And he would just pour out his love on you and he would correct you and because he's a good father, because he loves us. Mm. And I don't know, like if if you if you feel like you have to do something to earn his love, like I just wanna speak like you don't have to do anything. He's already done everything on the cross for you. Mm. Like he doesn't care about the perfection of your life. He meets you where you're at. Yeah, he just meets you where you're at, and he just met me where I was at. And yeah, like that was that was crazy, and pretty much like I just gave everything to God. Of like, well, you do whatever you want to do with my outreach. Mm. I just go with an open hand. I don't care about what I see. But work in my heart, though, mm. and yeah, so many, many miracles. See blind, see like foot being healed. It was great to see, but for me, it was more important for my heart to be healed. Mm. Wow! And for other people to see the truth, not yeah. just like all this miracle. Mm. Yeah, because we can get so, so fixed on seeing things to believe. Mm. But actually, that's not the whole reason Jesus came. Yeah, he actually came to heal the heart and to break chains mm. of all the bondage that we go through life. Like, yes, it's life, but like you don't have to do it yourself. Mm. You don't need to be perfect. Um. So like that was that was a big big turn because like. My culture, you have to do things on your own. You need to prove that you are wealthy, mm. that you have everything, and you need to work for everything, that you need to show them so that they love you, mm. you know? And, like, God saying those things to me was like, what? Like, How? Don't I have to pray more mm. <laughs> to receive? Don't what I do have I have to, to do for this? Yeah, what yeah, do I have yeah. to do for this? Because that's just how my how I was wired mm. from my um, culture. Kingdom of God's a backwards kingdom. Yeah, pe- pretty much. From it's what, upside what down kingdom. To. Yeah, and when it yeah, like when that happened, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to live in freedom then. Mm. <laughs> so pretty much did that, and I had the best time of my life. Like, wow, and he just healed like walking with leeches and everything was so much fun. Um, 
just thrived into that and like yeah god did so much in my heart that i can't even we don't even have time to go through that all mm. like when well, what it were all those things he did with your heart We'll get you back, I think, for another episode, and we can go into a much more depth. Yeah, um, on on all those topics. Yeah, but yeah, that'd be good. Um, so pretty much, um, did that, then went to West Papua. Then the Lord just like started reviving others people heart because of my testimony between forgiving my father. Mm. So in West Papua, it's so corrupted. Broken family, broken everything. Mm. And you do everything for the family mm. if you're a son. Yeah. And like, it was just incredible how we got to partner with the locals there and just to pour out. Mm. And the last day, like, the guy wanted me to share my story to these kids who's been through what I've been through. Mm. And like, man, it was the first time I opened my mouth, I just started weeping. Wow. I'm like, what is going on? You know, like, why am I weeping while sharing my own testimony? Yeah. And then like, man, the presence of God just poured into that room and just, anyway, like it was just crazy. And he just said, well... You know, like you, a lot of people want to see revival, mm. but like actually, revival happens within your heart. Yeah. So anyway, we can't go deep into that, um, but it's true. It it can only happen within yourself. Then you'll see revival in other people's life. Amen. Yeah. Um, did that, then came back to New Zealand. The Lord told me to do uh, DBS, but I wanted to do SBS. He's like, no, go go back to what I told you to do. DBS stands for Discipleship, Discipleship Training, Training School. School. Yep. <laughs> and what does the SBS stand for, Arjun? School of Biblical Studies. Studies. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I did my um, Bible school in Queenstown. Uh, Johnny was a leader leading that school, um, who you may have heard. Yeah, Johnny Goltz. Johnny Goltz. Johnny Goltz. Great leader. Um, So, yeah, that itself was a challenging time with mum. A lot of things happened back home. But the Lord says, well, if you go, go back home, then you're not going to finish what I told you to. So I'm just like, well, I'm going to obey God more than my mum. So I just stayed. And in the world's eyes... Yeah, everything was just like, nah. Mm. Like, how could you do that as a son, you know? Mm. And even my whole family was like that, like, you need to come back. Mm. And I'm like, no, I just started my school in YWAM, like, uh, doing Bible study. Why would I go, you know? Mm. So this is what the Lord has called me to do, and this is what I'm doing. Mm. So I just felt peace, but at the same time, I was just struggling a lot of like, oh, should I go or should I not go? Mm. Um, but like then I just decided to stay. And then the Lord spoke to me halfway through the school that I was going to go to Papua New Guinea. And yeah, 
I was just like, how the heck am I going to raise all this money mm. to go to Papua New Guinea? And, well, he's just like, I just want you, yes. Mm. You let your yes be yes and no be no. Yeah. So I just said, yes, I'll go. And he's like, well, don't worry about the money. You know, we can ask all these questions, but, like, when he has called you to do things, like, he will provide a way, mm. way or another. And, like, crazy story about provision Within three days, again, three days, the Lord provided money from Germany. Mm. I'm like, I don't even know anyone from Germany except Micha um, from my school. And like, he's like, yeah, my church wants to sponsor you to go to Mexico. Wow. Wow. And then like, they sponsored more than I needed and other people as well. But like, they, they pretty much paid everything. Wow. And... Just like me and Micha just staying up whole night, just like praising God because we couldn't do it. Mm. And yeah, like they just believed in us and we just believed God that he was going to provide and he did. Then went to Papua New Guinea, was staffing and helping pioneer the school, uh, the same schools that I, that I did. And that's where I met my wife, Rose Rosanna, pardon, um, that's where I met, and we pretty much met for three days again. Like, as you can see, the number three continues on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty prophetic, I think. Um, yeah, we just got to know each other and just felt really led to um, pursue, um, pursue one another and just very spiritual-led and then she pretty much left to go to other villages and, yeah, came back and then went again. And, yeah, she went back to um, Germany. And as she was going, the Lord Lord told us both that I was going to go see her. And I'm like, with what money? <laughs> I had zero dollars. <laughs> um, Just wait another three days, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> another, another three days he'll provide. Um, so... The Lord told me to ask few people, and um, he just, yeah, that day got a ticket to Germany because he'd called me. He told us both um, that I was going to be there during this time last year. And, yeah, pursued that, finished outreach in Mex- uh, Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea itself was just incredible again. So much has happened. Can't go in detail. I feel like I've spoken for two hours. Um, <laughs> One hour, 42 minutes, and not, 50 seconds. Oh, I could talk for a whole day. Um, so It's good. It's good. Yeah, pretty much like that's that's what happened. And I came back to New Zealand, worked for a little bit to earn um, and to go on to Germany. And then, yeah, just trusted God in everything that I was, every step that I was taking, I just trusted God and then went to Germany. And then, but the thing was like from the beginning on, I knew that that I was going to marry Rose, um, which was like, I've never felt that way before ever in anything, but like I was very, very certain. And yeah, I went to Germany, stayed with the parents um and yeah pretty much 
got the ring in um in Germany with her, which is crazy. The Lord just told me to go get it with her. And then went to Papua New uh, Mexico to do another school, help lead another school uh, for both of us. And that's where I proposed to her. And yeah, like then COVID happened and we're back in New Zealand and got married three months ago. Um, but yeah, as that's just the debrief i guess like the big picture of my testimony yeah um but like seeing seeing it back and looking back into the whole thing like you know like if it wasn't god himself who was leading like i don't think i'd be here and i know for sure that he gets all the glory like it's not my story it's his story mm. and he he's the one who's orchestrating everything like even coming to queenstown was like not our plan at all like we were happy staying in Christchurch, just doing just chilling enjoying our holiday but like when when you really lay your life down and pick up the cross like he will take you to places that you've never dreamed of going or mm. Yeah, just anything that you desire in your heart, like truly believe it, and then he will fulfill it in his time. Mm. And like, yeah, I hope you're having an amazing, amazing day today. And yeah, thanks for listening to my testimony, and we'll be back soon. Oh, well, thank you, Arjun, for um, sharing your testimony. It's it's an incredible story. Yeah. Um, I love how uh, one focus that I heard was uh, forgiveness was a was a big big yep. statement, um, and like forgiveness equals freedom, and knowing that um, that Jesus forgave us even as sinners, um, and we're called to be Christ like and to forgive others as Jesus forgave us. Yep. Um, yeah, just absolutely incredible. You want to share anything, Thompson? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, I've known you for a couple of years and it's just been amazing to see you grow, bro. Cause I don't know, I guess I find like I pick up, I get to pick up on your story, like somewhere in the middle of there, you know, when, when you came for DTS and then DBS and watching you fall in love with the word. And then, um, I guess, you know, two people from Germany now since you met your wife and, um, congratulations, bro. And mm. more. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, it's just been inspiring for me personally to see you go through this and um, just the way that God's taking you from, yeah, just zero to a hundred, man, like so fast. So keep it up, bro. I mean, stay with it. God is so good. And I love your story, man, because it, it really does illustrate the goodness of God. And like the whole time you're like, yeah, so this was going on, but like, praise be to God. And like, oh, you know, I, I made it through that. Or like, you know what? God's still good. And you just gave glory to him so much during your story. Mm. Um, even one thing that I thought was really funny was like, you're like, yeah, so saw blind people get healed. It was okay. But anyway, so like I was more interested in the truth and like God's goodness. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, that's so cool. Like how many of us would be like, oh, blind people. Whoa, like, back up, back up. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> that's crazy and awesome. But second of all, that seems to be like, oh, that's 
that needs to be like the focal point of our story. And it's like, it reminds me of that verse in Luke where, you know, the disciples of Jesus are like, oh yeah, like even uh, the demons are subject to your name. And, and he's like, don't rejoice that you can cast out the demons, but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. Mm. And it's mm. like, what the heck, Jesus? Like, just let us be happy for a sec. Like, this yeah, is yeah. really cool. And it's like, yeah, you, yeah, it is cool. Um, and even like blind eyes being uh, healed and everything. And it is cool. But he's like, it's never actually supposed to be your focus. Like, mm-hmm. it is still supposed to be about me, my glory, and my relationship with you and, and people and whatnot. And so I love that you really kept it to that as well. Mm. Yeah, man. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Because oh. that's just who he made us to be. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on, Arjun. Um, we'd love to have you again, honestly, because, yeah, if, you have, if you've got more, I mean, yeah, there's so much more to tell. He's there's always more. He's definitely got more. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. So, um, but anyway, we'll, we'll wrap this one up, but thanks for coming down thanks and uh, having us. you as well. And um, until next time, um, yeah, this has been The Jesus Magnet. Yeah. We'll catch you you later. Thank you, Arjun, for coming on, and we'll see you all on the next episode.